Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, with a dash of garden, chatting about current interests, and life in my northern town. You can find show notes at mycreativecorner3.com. You can also find all of my social media, how to purchase a virtual cup of coffee, and all events on the website. Please feel free to stop by and leave a comment. I really appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the podcast. Halloween 2021. It's really been what we call spooky season around here. The weather has been absolutely dreadful. (laughs) We've had a few hours of sun here and there, but it's been dark, gray, overcast. Friday, it felt like it should have been All Hallows Eve. It was a dark and foggy day, all day, drizzling, not a peep of sunshine. Well, yesterday we did have a little bit of sun, but the ground is so wet from all of the rain. The leaves are raining down. Just very few gold leaves are left on the trees. And I am been going out to my garden. I still have some wildflowers that are trying to bloom. Um, The killing frosts are coming. They had a little bit of snow a couple weeks ago while I was on a little vacation. And so I'm really happy I missed that. So there's some pretty hardy plants back there blooming and trying to squeeze out the last few hours of sunshine and growth of the season. And I look at those flowers and I say, I know exactly what you're saying, little flowers. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's really the darker days of the season. Um, I have to say I got my little lamp out and I've been sitting under it because it just, no sun for a long time really does make me tired and it helps. So I would really advocate for a seasonal affective disorder lamp or a sad lamp. Um, They're really inexpensive on Amazon, but I digress. The gloomy days um, have been quite a bit since we returned from our vacation. So why don't I talk about vacation next? It was perfect. It was 75. It was sunny. It was the best vacation, except for the driving. Oh my gosh. So 16 hour trip was a couple of days, both to and from good, hard, long days of driving. Felt like we were in the car at least 10 hours a day. Maybe not, but it felt like it. It was between 8 and 10. It was dreadful. There was road construction, traffic around Washington, D.C. Going to Virginia um, is no really direct and good way to go to the part of Virginia we're going to. Um, Metropolitan areas. So I want to say I didn't know that it could be possible that the traffic would be uh, even worse than the last time we drove down there. But we drove this time, number one, to save a little money. Number two, I had several items I did not want to ship to my daughter. Um, You know, things like I had an old coffee table. I had a sewing machine that she wanted, um, some dishes and things. So it worked out fine to drive. And it was nice to have our own vehicle because every day we were there, we went on a little adventure. The kids are being homeschooled, the grandchildren, this year, and we're hoping they can go back next year. But we were able to take them to all kinds of educational places. We went to an estuary. We learned all about the ocean and brackish water and how estuaries function. And I got to hike a couple of miles with my new hiking sticks. Um, and we went to the beach, which is on this estuary, and looked for fossils, and we found one. We were able to do all kinds of museums. We went to a craftsman house that was filled with art in the gardens. We went back to the Norfolk Botanical Gardens. We went to the Virginia Beach Aquarium and we went to the zoo and we went to a pumpkin patch and then pumpkin patch was right on the border of North Carolina. So we drove into North Carolina, my husband and I, and did a little 
driving, um, we drove to a ferry that goes to one of the outer islands. I think it's part of the very, very, very northern part of the Outer Banks. Not 100% sure. But we had to drive over several islands to get to that ferry. But we missed the ferry. But it was fantastic to see the ocean and different types of landscapes. And just, it was great. We had a really, really good time. The driving was very tiring. And on the way back, it was even worse. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. So um, I think after we have a potential trip in the spring where I may be doing a quilt show, a quilt show, a quilt lecture and trunk show. Um, but we'll see. The venue hasn't been secured and who knows with what's going to happen with the pandemic over winter and maybe a Zoom um, presentation. But it doesn't matter because the next time if I don't need to go for that particular thing and take all the quilts, then I will fly. My husband and I have decided we'll fly. So it was a great time. Um, it was fun to see all the things through the eyes of children and the magic of discovering new things. And also I realized I am in shape enough uh, to keep up with a five-year-old. So when she got tired, I was tired. So <laughs> I think I want to keep a getting in shape so that I can keep up with the older kids too. So I want to say the balance thing was the biggest problem with walking. So using the hiking sticks was great. It really helped me feel a lot more confident in walking on trails that are not like flat groomed and perfect trails. Walking on pebbles and gravel packed trails are the worst for me but to believe it or not are cobblestones so it was really great I'm going to be taking those hiking sticks much more when I'm out and about walking um, but in the meantime it's ac actually um, encouraged me to keep going with my exercise in our little garage gym so that has been improved since we've got home also so the vacation was inspiring we saw a beautiful um, fall colors and the leaves coming back home especially and we went through Pennsylvania um, on the turnpike uh, it was just beautiful very very beautiful by the time we got home most of the fall color has peaked and passed but we saw it before we left and then yesterday the sun came out just a tiny bit in the evening that we did our last um, nature drive for the season because um, hunting season is starting up and we don't want to be driving out in the wilderness when rifle season starts which is pretty soon um, for deer and it was beautiful the sun um, had we had, it just had a few hours of the day so we got the golden hour I got a couple of pictures of the last bit of color on the leaves and the sunset and then by surprise at one of the viewing um, places in the woods we found a bachelor herd of bull elk four of them they they don't mind they're far enough away that the cars don't bother them if you're quiet and you drive real slow got a nice picture of them and I'm like, interesting that these four bachelors are together. Um, they obviously were either young or old. And in the fall, the elk start the winter herd. So we didn't, went driving a little further um, because we didn't see any more single groups of elk. That's what we usually see all summer is usually cows with their calves running through the woods. But we stumbled upon by a river a herd of 20, one male with all of the calves from last year and the cows. And I'm like, wow, it was a great, great spot. I got a little bit dark video. Um, the sun was setting. Um, there's woods and water in the background you can't really see, but I was excited. We've got to watch them for a long time. Then we were able to quietly drive on so we didn't disturb them as they went about their business and so that was super exciting the sun um, went down and the sky turned to a beautiful we were out in the woods so it was just beautiful to stargaze early because now it's 7 38 o'clock and the northern lights were 
supposed to have a chance of coming to Michigan. Now, I was too tired to stay up to midnight. But anyway, at midnight, it was supposed to cloud up again. So we went for a ride in some of the areas where we knew there were no lights. I happened to see all of the stars, the constellations. I could see the Milky Way, but no northern lights. Sad. I really want to see them. It's been years. I'm on a quest, you know, to see the northern lights. But anyway, we did not and we'll just keep looking. So that was a really big highlight of this week once I got home. So work went pretty well. I got back into the rhythm. I have some great coworkers, so I didn't really have a lot of catching up. And next week is uh, the beginning of a month, and I have several large projects that are not stressful, um, but just going to take a while. So I'll jump on those and get right back into it work uh, just picked up just like I had never left. So I like it that way because I hate it when you have to work twice as hard as you normally would before you leave and then work twice as hard when you get back. But it, that didn't happen. It was a pretty quiet time and my co-workers who covered for me did a great job. Shout out to them. They are excellent people to work with. Well, what have I been crafting? I've been doing a lot of watching other creatives make things. And while I'm doing that, I've been knitting. I took my loom knit because I didn't want to take my Soho, um, Pearl Soho elementary wrap that I've been working on because that's on needles and, and traveling. I was afraid this really tiny yarn, it would drop a whole bunch of stitches. So that stayed home. So I'm not getting great gains on it but I do two to four to six rows a day and you know it all adds up after a while but I have been doing loom knitting with chunky yarn I made a hat I made a headband and I'm currently knitting a scarf that I got this beautiful chunkier fabric from Michaels it has a little bit of drape it's an acrylic but it is peacock colors you know the teals the blues the greens in there and like the tail of a peacock and we happened to see one at the zoo and that was like oh yeah that's exactly what this is so I'm knitting myself a scarf that will match the soft floppy slouchy hat then I might buy a big pom-pom for the top not 100% sure I've never fancied myself a big pom-pom person but um, I think this one might need a faux fur pom-pom I'll look at that when I go on Amazon next. So I've been doing a lot of knitting. It's so funny. So during the week while I was there, I bought the girls each a kit for uh, loom knitting. And each kit had a loom, all the things you need, the hook, the plastic needle, and skeins of confetti colored rainbow yarn. And the older girls made their projects. They made hats with pom-poms on the top. That's why I got the pom-pom idea. And the um, cup cozy was one of them. And the other girl made a neck warmer. Like I had started making a neck warmer and then I cast it off too tight. Didn't have enough yarn. So I thought, okay, this will be a big headband ear warmer thing for cold winter days. I like to wear headbands more for work because if I put a big hat on, sometimes it squishes your hair. Yeah. So we had fun and my daughter's like how many projects have you knit this week and she went oh my goodness mom I can't believe it because <laughs> I had done the hat and the neck warmer um, turned headband and um, started the scarf she goes wow how can you do so much I go well you're knitting with chunky yarn it goes pretty quick unlike the um, um, elementary wrap which I am the world's slowest needle knitter and that's the whole thing I want to work on knits that are pretty um, zen, relaxing, and quite maybe simple. The older I get, the more I want to work on simpler things. So I've been working on that. The other thing I've been doing is watching a lot of um, crafters making dioramas. I'm a huge fan of Nerd Forge on YouTube. And I saw on TikTok several things that I really liked. And one is taking jars where they're plain jars. Like I used my wee yogurt jars that I've been collecting. 
you use Mod Podge and then use food coloring in it and a little water to thin it down. And then you coat the inside with your dyed jars and then you let them sit and drain upside down. You flip them over upside right and put them in an oven, a low oven, like 150, 200 for several hours. The other thing I saw that you could do that I might try today is to make it a little more rough on the outside to look like old potion jars for Halloween. And you use Mod Podge and you stipple it with a paintbrush and then you can use thin down acrylic paints and then hang um, charms around it or wrap, you know, burlap around the necks. Lots of things. Now, I do have quite a few weed yogurt jars that I've collected this summer with the limited floral prints. And I'm going to tell you, they don't look great without something coating the inside, like either paint or dye. So one of the next experiments is to do that on the weed yogurt jars that are duplicates and see what they look like. I want to use them for little storage. I have some lids. You can buy lids. You can get plastic lids, wood, wooden lids, silicone lids, all kinds of lids. So they are a nice way to upcycle little tiny glass jars. And you know, I'm all about miniatures. So these are so cute little <laughs> miniature jars. But I thought the potions jars would look great even if I make them now and they're used more for next year's Halloween. You could even fill them with like you know put little scrolls in there little papers up on end like they're holding all kinds of little magical recipes. Yeah I'm really having too much fun with all of that. <laughs> so I wanted to tell you about the loom knitting um, person that I use for my tutorials. It's called T-U-T-E-A-T-E. -E. I would guess that's um, Tutiate. Now, Tutiate has a great YouTube channel, but if you're a person who likes to carry your tutorials with you, with your patterns and all of the how-tos, she actually has a app for your phone and is phenomenal. And she has all of the things that she's does hats, scarves, cowls, mittens, rugs, blankets, headbands. But the new video this week that she updated is striped fingerless mittens with a ribbed cuff and a roll top where your fingers are. Oh, I'm making those. Making them. I love them. I need to have my fingers out. Even though your fingers get the coldest, these are big enough and chunky enough you could pull your fingers in and keep them warm. But I could still use my cell phone and do all of the things that I need to do with my fingers for touch screens. So, T-U-T-E-A-T-E. And her app is for Android or Apple, and it's in several languages. And she has a little orange flower as her little icon so you'll know it's the right one it's free to download love it super super great app and that's the thing you know a lot of times I really love people's patterns and things but when you they have apps or websites or patterns that are difficult to print um, it just kind of puts a little negative spin on the project if you, you can print it off easily even if they're free. I mean, I appreciate they're free, so I don't um, get too upset about it. But a lot of times I'll have to copy and paste them into a Word document and then condense all of the parts that I want so that I'm not printing off a 20-page tutorial. Um, so these are nice to have them as little apps on your phone and don't even have to print them off, which makes it great. So the other thing I did for myself this week is I decided that I'm going to do a self-care Sunday every week and I'm trying to do a video on that but I've really fallen in love with the Color Street nails. Um, it's actually strips of polish that you just stick on like stickers but it's not. It's actual polish. So I had orange and it's an orange ombre on last week and today I'm going to put on a purple glitter purple color. I had to trim all my nails pretty short because they started breaking and bending and anyone have an idea? I bent a really long nail and then it cracked way down like halfway down through the quick um so 
I think these will help with keeping it wrapped so it won't split all the way down and I'm hoping it will heal. But anyway, I think having nice nails makes me feel better. I even tried putting my magnetic eyelashes on today and um, they won't stick. I feel ridiculous with them on, so I took them off. Um, and the heavy eyeliner, I'm just not sure I'm a fan of it. You know, there comes a point when you get older where you have to just lighten up because my eyes are drooping and just I think I need less makeup and I don't really know that I look that much different with makeup on or off to be quite honest I think doing my hair is more important and I I've always been lax on my hair uh, since I started having kids so now I'm trying to like I'm I'm trying to fluff it dry right now and then I'm gonna spend a little more time trying to style it so a little self-care in that regard and watching the tutorials. I've been trying to play around with dioramas and miniatures and making little indoor fairy garden scenes just because it makes me happy and um, trying to make them to where they're uh, modular so that I'm not making like 110 different miniatures, but maybe build up to a miniature guest house that I can change out for the seasons but right now I'm practicing um, scale and color and using different types of glues and what works and what doesn't so I haven't had a lot of success yet but I'm learning a lot so in the quilting segment of the show I've been doing a lot of sewing recently so I am finishing totally the bets and boo Halloween free quilt along from Fat Quarter Shop. It's an easy pattern, um, great cutting instructions, easy to print off. Fat Quarter Shop does a great job. And it's four bat quilt blocks and the bats are in the four corners. And then in between the bats on the outside is a pumpkin. And in the middle of the pumpkin is a star. And it's supposed to look like they're cut out and glowing in the pumpkin and then I fussy cut a pumpkin pattern in the middle in a black background so it's pretty cute and then I finished this week the very center is a star it's like a double star starburst sunburst type of a look and in the very center I fussy cut the very tiny last scrap of purple um, Tula Pink De La Luna. Um, it's a bat with crescent moons on it. And so that's kind of like the very center. And I thought, okay, I'll take a chance. Um, orange and purples go together in black and gray. That's the color scheme. And it's the one purple spot in the quilt. And it's the very center. Your eyes can go right to it. But then it kind of helps with that big sunburst effect. So today I'm going to join the nine blocks together and then put the <clears throat> excuse me, the border, which I originally was going to use for the pumpkins, but it's too busy and that lost the integrity of that with the low contrast with the background. And I'll tell you more about what I learned this week about color. Um, it really will be great for a busy border on the outside that'll help unify and give some spice to the whole quilt. So I'm pretty excited to finish it today on Halloween. Um, now I'm going to pass out candy. It's going to be a dreary, drizzly, rainy day. It's going to be cold. Um, most of the people, and, and weather like this, kids don't go out. It's too cold. They'll have several trunk or treats over the weekend. And people go downtown and that's about the extent of the Halloween celebrations. And we saw a lot of bonfires out while we were driving, stargazing last night and looking for wildlife. So people are doing their last wrap-up fall activities, and I am not staying up late because I have to go to work tomorrow. But it was super fun making this Halloween quilt, and I'm going to get it done. I'm going to leave it out through Thanksgiving, and then I'll change over the, in, you know, the decor and the decorations to more um, Christmas and winter. This week, I did something I don't normally do, and I took a quilt class. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have had very, very few classes. If you've listened to the podcast at all, you'll know that I am pretty much a self 
taught crafter, and that includes quilting. I took one class in the mid-90s, no, the late 80s, on how to quilt. And that was using templates and cutting each patch out and hand sewing it and learning how to do quilts like the pioneers did, which we know they probably didn't really do them that way. Mostly the people in the 1800s did and some might have, you know, gone west and might have done that. But it was really a craft that a lot of people did. And in the Depression, I think people did do scraps because they wanted to make things to cope with the times and to cover up. And they probably did recycle and upcycle. And we know the flower sacks were used. So I digress. I am mostly self-taught. I did not take art in school. I know nothing really about color theory except for a couple of videos I've watched over the years and reading how to use a color wheel. I have tried to learn about it and I think I've got some basic rules and things down, but then when I go and make quilts, I kind of throw it all out the window because it just doesn't make sense sometimes. I have other things that I do to try to pick out color schemes and try to do scrap quilts. I've had a lot of duds over the years. Things that um, somebody in my class called a clunker and I loved that because they were clunkers. I learned a whole lot but there wasn't a whole lot of maybe um, exciting things in these quilts because I didn't have either the right colors or contrast or whatever. But there's a learning process, right? It's like working in series of things I learned. So this week I did take a class from Stash Bandit called Color, Cohesion, and, oh dear, let me look up the name of the class proper. You know, you have the name of something right in the tip of your tongue and in your brain, and then, you know, I'm to that age where I forget and I can't remember. But it is Diane Harris of Stash Bandit. StashBandit.net is her website. And she offers um, classes in person occasionally if you're not too far from where she lives, I think. She's been doing a ton of online education and Zoom classes. I took it Zoom. It, the class is called Color, Contrast, and Cohesion. It was a two-part class where there was half of it was lecture and half of it was working on your blocks. You could watch it live um, with attendees and ask questions and interact which I did the second class, but the first class I was on the road. So I watched it on my own and then I did the homework. Now what's great is I have a month to watch the classes as many times as I want and maybe take notes on a few things and I learned about making successful scrap quilts. So the first block I made was a clunker. I didn't have enough contrast in it and you can see these blocks on my Saturday morning coffee. I do believe I put them on yesterday's Saturday morning coffee post and on the blog anyway. And I'll try to put a picture in today's show notes on the blog, which is mycreativecorner3.com. I also um, want to say if you want to see pictures of some of the things that we did on vacation, it's on Instagram and You'll just have to scroll through the feed for the week. It's pretty obvious when I go on vacation because they're tourist type of photos. <laughs> but the first block wasn't enough contrast between the background fabric and the X. So it's this block that's very popular. It's got an X uh, in the background and a plus in the center. So X plus. Um, it's even a free pattern on Diane's website. And she had many, many, many free patterns to choose from for this class. And I chose this one. And I I think each, I made six over the course of the week and yesterday. And I want to say by the end, I feel like I was making better choices. So that was in contrast and a little bit in color. But I also learned about trying to mix prints and what makes some things successful and what doesn't. I mean, I am really, uh, for as many years as I've been quilting, I usually quilt by just 
my gut and what looks good and what doesn't look good. But then I would get frustrated because I didn't understand why certain things didn't look good. And I understand now why a couple of the quilts that I made just didn't quite meet up to what my mind's eye thought. And part of it had to do with the um, problems of buying bundles, even pre-cuts or collections that were put together by quilt shops because some of the things that I trusted that they put in there that I thought they're better at it than me, they're pro at it than me, and I would put things together without adding things for contrast, and that was the failure. But also I learned a lot about what I was on the right track. Where I was going with most of my quilts actually wasn't too far off the mark. But I learned more about color theory too, which is something I can't explain. And I do a terrible job of it, even when I try to explain it to people. So, you know, take a class, take this class. If you want to do Zoom, she may do it again in the future. So just go to her website. I like the Zoom classes because I don't have to travel. I don't have to spend all the extra money for gas in a hotel room. If I'm traveling somewhere for a class, I don't have to expose myself to any germs. And I'm not just talking COVID. I've been talking cough, cold, flu, other things. It seems like right now I'm catching <laughs> every bug known to man or any, anyway, it's just what, it's what happens when you get older. The other part is I like sleeping in my own bed. I don't have to um, travel Make, you know, I can't travel as well alone anymore. So my husband goes on a lot of trips and he'll find other things to do. But, you know, now you've just doubled the cost of the class. And for things like this, I got to actually talk to the teacher. I got some pointers. I got some feedback from other students who attended the class. It felt like I was in a very safe and wonderful place online. And then when I needed to leave yesterday a little bit early because I had my COVID booster and my flu shot at the same time, about the last half hour of the class, I started feeling a little bit tired and I needed to just go sit in my pink comfy chair. And so I said goodbye to everybody. We were sewing and chatting and, and sharing what we were working on. Um, it, it didn't feel like it was a terrible thing to do like it was okay you know it was very comfortable to say okay I need to sign off now and thank you so much so Diane you did a great job thank you thank you thank you I hope you do many more online classes because this has been a great boost to me also it's inspired me to take all of the fabric that I have left, that I've decided that I'm going to keep. I've given away a lot of fabric from the inherited stashes of the couple of women who I was friends with who have both passed. But it's given me some confidence that I can do this. I can make scrap quilts. And yeah, as I work in this series, I might hit a few clunkers along the way, but I figured out how to to do it with more confidence and that I am on the right path. So this week I'm going to study more the color wheel that I have, which is vintage and I like it. It's not anything super fancy, but I can download several other color, color wheels and color websites that will help me in addition to EQ. So I can audition a few different color schemes as I think about them. So I am excited and, and inspired because I have all this fabric that I want to use up. And the thing about scrap quilts is they're timeless, right? Some of the, it doesn't matter if some of the things that I'm using are a little bit older or if they're new. Um, some things that were old are new again. And that's the beauty of scrap quilts. There's also memories of different quilts, um, even quilts that I remember my friends making. I found scraps of those quilts. So it's just a lot of uh, deep things. And I think I'll talk more about the stash as I get sorting it and going through it and becoming intimate with what pieces I have of these stashes and talk about, you know, the personality of each woman and um, what I gave away. I can tell who whose stash was whose, let me tell you. So that will be a whole nother podcast.
to talk about. So I've been pretty excited about doing all of the things that I've been working on with the Halloween quilt and this X plus block. And I will try to put a link to the tutorial that Diane has on Stash Bandit. And I'm also been in, ex, inspired, expired, whoops, inspired about trying to work on my social media again. You know, I took a few weeks off from the podcast, you know, just because I was traveling. But then coming back and getting started was hard. And I, this is like the sixth attempt to do this podcast. But I realized part of it is I just have to do these things when I have time and the energy. You know, one of the rules of, um, it's a rule of podcasting is you have to do it on the same day, once a week, da da da. Re okay, it doesn't work that way for me. Uh, this is a homegrown real life podcast. I don't have sponsors. I don't, um, this is not a job. I have a full-time job where I make income. This is a hobby to share my passion and my love and maybe of quilting and crafting and keeping us inspired, each other inspired, have the community, um, on my Facebook group of people who listen to the podcast. You know, that's why I do podcasting. So I kind of spent the time thinking about it because I was like, all of a sudden for the first time in what, six years since the podcast anniversary, I had nothing to say. And I think it's just because I needed a break. And so took a little time off to, to think about it. So I'm going to keep moving forward. Obviously, I just paid for a whole year of um, hosting the podcast. And I love doing it. But also, just to let you know that this is just a homegrown podcast that's not professional. It's me sitting in my little craft room looking out my window watching the birds fly by checking to see if the sun's gonna come out talk about my fairy garden and all the things that I'm doing in my little small corner of the world um, but if you do want to support it you can always buy me a virtual cup of coffee through Kofi, or go to my Etsy shop and buy me a virtual cup of coffee there if you prefer um, because I got the bill for this and for the <laughs> WordPress, which is all, and just like everything else, um, have increased over the year. And I am going to definitely keep the blog going because that's what anchors this all, where I can do the Saturday morning coffee post once a week and I can link to other things that I'm doing, including my YouTube channel and I didn't, um, I haven't put the Instagram feed on my blog re recently, but I think I'm going to put it back on there just so it's there for people to have a quick link to. So just know if it's not there now, it will be. I'm going to put it back. I just have to figure it out because there's been a few updates to the computer and to the actual WordPress site. But... I think the winter is going to be a great time of me working on the things that I want to work on. I don't have any customer quilts right now. Um, I'm wrapping up all of that. And, you know, if people bring me some, that's great. But I'm not actively pursuing any long arming. I just need to just take a deep breath and find my zen. I've been also looking at taking some other online classes through Michael's with um, painting. I also found another, so this is part of why I like having the podcast, because I like sharing things that I've found. One of my friends showed me this lady who has a great Facebook site, and she also does painting um, and let me, let me get you her name so you can find her and you can watch her classes live or you can watch them on the repeat. Her name is Luba Carlson, L-U-B-A Carlson. It's her website. Um, I'm going to do her class this week that's beginner friendly with acrylic painting and it's called Abstract Blooms and it looks like she also uses pen in this. 
So uh, she's got several classes lined up. It could be pen. It could be paint. Not 100% sure. We'll find out. I haven't taken the class yet. <laughs> she's got um, some paintings. It looks like cards. It looks like um, they're... I'm not 100% sure that I haven't taken one of these classes, but my friend has and says they're great. There's lots of beginner-friendly ones, which I like. So coming up is a winter stag, which is a free online paint party. And if you sign up for a newsletter, you get once a week newsletters with um, all of her upcoming classes. She's got a vintage Santa, holiday VW Beetle. Winter Blues, which is a forest. So lots of fun things coming up in her holiday season around the world workshop. Ooh, I have to look at that one. I'm interested. Click. Just did that on Facebook. I'm so fun. <laughs> anyway, so if you're interested in acrylic painting or learning more about painting or what as something new to explore some ideas, uh, Michael's also has lots of free classes. And I've um, signed up for a couple, but I haven't had a chance to watch them on YouTube. I couldn't attend them live. And the last thing I wanted to share is Jennifer Maker. She does things with Cricut, and she has an upcoming Maker Academy weekend. You need to pre-register for this. It's a free event, but you need to get a free ticket to attend. That way she has enough space for everybody um, on the servers. And they are doing super fun things on their Cricut, like make easy hand warmers, faux leather earrings, custom cork coasters, ornaments, how to do handwriting into projects, which I'm very, very interested in that class, and tea towels. So this is something that I'm interested in because, you know, with the supply chain issues, I may be making more things for Christmas than I usually do. But I'm also wanting to learn some new skills and do some new types of things for gift giving. And then I can bundle that with whatever else I may choose to give for gifts this year. So anyway, Jennifer Maker, M-A-K-E-R. She has a website as well as a Facebook page. I'll put all of these in the show notes so that you can look them up if you're interested. And Jennifer Maker stuff, um, she has templates. So if you don't have a Cricut for a lot of these things, you can do some of the projects by hand, but they are intended for people who have either a Cricut or a Silhouette. I think her husband's even done Glowforge classes, which that's my next dream. I want to buy a Glowforge because why? I don't know. And a 3D printer. Why? I don't know. Because I want one. That I won't have everything for a happy retirement, right? <laughs> which is not for a while, a decade away, most likely. So those are the things I've been working on. I feel refreshed from my vacation, went back to work and realized that it's, it's a job that I'm good at and I'm re-energized for going back to work after the rough transition of going back to the office after lockdown this summer. Um, and there's a lot of things going on at work, you know, with funding and things like that, which we'll see how, how that all shapes up over the next six months. But I'm always finding that I come back to making things and creativity to help with the everyday um, stress and <laughs> the craziness of, of modern day living, both being... Um, busy and intense as well as the whole winter time where we get um, a little more cozy at home and not out as much due to the weather. So leave some comments on things that maybe you have found online for free classes or things that I might find interesting. Um, hop on over to the Facebook group if you aren't a member. Um, we talk every day about things that we're making and it's not always quilting it's a lot about quilting but people share other things too that they're working on and the last thing that I'm really going to work on in November is um, Diane in Denmark Kristen over at Simple Handmade Every Day talked to me uh, well talked to all of us on her podcast about Diane in Denmark and she has a 
pod, a podcast, no, it's a YouTube channel, as well as a great Instagram feed. I watch her Instagram stuff more than YouTube right now, just because I don't have a lot of time. And five days ago, she did do a YouTube about Huge, I want to say Huge, it's Huge Life, Home, Halloween, and Christmas, and planning for Christmas, and cleaning your house for Christmas. And and we start in November. She has some great um, printout or printouts of um, things on her Instagram feed that you could print out. And I downloaded them. And I'm going to find her. I want to make sure her name on Instagram is Diane in Denmark. And she's a routines coach and Huge expert because she is Scottish but married a man and they she lives in Denmark so she has this whole plan of doing missions and she has a whole playlist on YouTube that she's updating from 2017 is what her Instagram feed says but the planning missions are great there's 30 of them and if I don't get them all done in November then I can carry it over into December right so the first one is what I'm going to do today is called clean and fling, which means you're cleaning up a space and you're throwing everything out. So I did my weekly house cleaning yesterday because this house felt very dirty, even though it wasn't because I had fully cleaned it before we left. But I need to clean and fling the area where I keep all of our papers. So this afternoon, I'm going to spend 15 to 20 minutes going through old bills and flinging them into the trash and dusting that room. And that's all I'm going to do for housekeeping today because otherwise it's self-care Sunday. Tomorrow is going to be um, preparing yourself for holidays, like setting up your calendar. Do you have places to go? Do you have concerts to attend or school events? And that's tomorrow is spending a lot of time of planning and putting it in your journal. Then she has things like gather up cards and wrapping supplies. So plan ahead. Make sure you have what you need for gift giving. And then going through budgets and recipes and checking your clothes and things that you're going to wear for events. Doing it early, not last minute. We can't do that this <laughs> in this day and age, right? With the I'm finding it uh, hard to find clothes in my size, number one. Number two, um, I'm having to order many times before I can find something that's not on back order. So I thought this is a great thing to do. So Diane in Denmark, she has her um, fly lady system, which I am a huge fan of. And that's what's inspired me to do the one stitch, one block, one row at a time, doing things in 15 minutes every day. And um, so if you want to join me, I'm going to do the Huge Christmas planning missions, which is basically um, Diane in Denmark's fly lady list. It's on her Instagram page. I'm sure she has it. It's also day 10 of her holiday planning. What day did she do this? Two days ago. So she posted this on Instagram on October 29th. You'll find it. Because her Instagram feed is beautiful. So that's my plan. I'm going to get organized this winter. I'm going to start prepping for Christmas going to finish up my yarn projects, going to keep working on my scrap quilt and finish my Halloween quilt today because that will be, I saved it for today as my way of celebrating Halloween. If the sun peeks out for a little bit this afternoon, I'm going to tuck in the fairy garden for the winter and start um, looking at things I need to prune down in the garden. Um, sometimes I can't do that because it'll start snowing before I have time and the plants are done. But I'm going to start doing that. And it's officially late fall and early um, prep for winter is that we put up our bird feeding station again. And what's so funny, I want to end on this funny story about the bird feeding. So we took it down for the summer, which is what we normally do because there's lots of food for the birds in the summertime and they will forage and we have lots of things in the garden and in our area. So they don't, they don't need food. But the winter gets really cold and can be very hard on the birds. 
So with the bird problem, with they had a bird virus or something killing the birds this summer, we were very, very conscious to take it down. So we bought a new bird feeder at PetSmart last night, and it looks like it's going to be pretty good for the little birds. And we put the platform feeder out, bought some better bird seed, we think. Um, maybe the quality of the seed we had last year wasn't helpful because we didn't have as many birds in the winter as we had thought. However, it was the first winter that we put bird seed out. And so we got back from vacation and we went, you know, we're going to get that bird feeder out. It's that time of year. Then the birds are really, really coming into the yard all of a sudden. There's blue jays and cardinals and little dove, they're, you know, morning doves and little sparrows. And yesterday I'm sitting knitting and all of a sudden I'm hearing something knock on the window. I went, what is that? So I didn't get up from my chair, but I have a bird, you know, straight view. And there is a bird perched on the window. It's the biggest male blue jay I've ever seen. He's scratching and pecking and looking for food. He's perched on the sash of the window. And when I turned and looked at him, he saw the movement and realized, oh, he probably saw himself in the mirror as a mirror type of a view in the window as a reflection versus actually knocking on the window. But I laughed. I said, um, the Blue Jays have come, honey, and they're knocking on the window saying, we're hungry. Get that bird seed out. But man, the Blue Jays have been flying around the house really close on the garage, perching on the porch. Um, it's getting cooler. And I think they're just really foraging for food. So anyway, they found the bird feeder right away this morning and are having the time of their lives eating and getting fat, which they'll need because I think the weather forecast is even cooler. It was in the 40s last week and I think we're going to get cool nights in the 30s too. So it's hoogay season. I got to find my candles and I'm going to get my diffuser going with all my fall scents. And today I'm going to work on more self-care. Got to get my nails done and sit in it and work on my projects. So have a most wonderful week. I hope that you have time to do some self-care also. Happy Halloween. Be creative and quilt on, everyone. <laughs>